Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I am so happy to be joined by a co-host, Kushi Malia. This is particularly exciting because I've not had a co-host in so long. Welcome, Kushi. How are you? Hi, Hilmarie. I'm good and happy to be joining the TMGP crew. But we can talk about that later. For now, I would like to introduce our podcast guest for today, Sam Amar. Sam is a marketing consultant with international experience. She has worked across some of the world's largest brands, including Hyatt, Porsche, and Unilever. But before I spoil all the fun, let's hear from the marketing expert herself. Sam, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So let's jump right into it. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your story? Yes, I am 41 years old. I started working after straight after university where I did um, business and tourism in Birmingham University in the UK. I took myself to Jordan to learn Arabic because I have Arabic heritage and I spoke Arabic, but not very well. And I started working for the higher hotels. And then I moved to Dubai. I worked, um, I set up the Porsche dealership marketing department. And then I worked for Colliers in Dubai. I then on, went to India from Dubai. And there I was supporting my husband with his job and his aspirations and his promotion. And therefore, I decided to use my time wisely. And I did a master's degree in global marketing with Liverpool University, obtaining a merit, which took me a couple of years to complete. And I felt inspired after that. I decided to set up my own business. I've been in sales and marketing all my life with big brands, but I never imagined setting up my own business until I finished my master's degree. So I went off to Egypt with my husband, still helping him with his job. And I started setting up my business in the UK from my couch in Egypt. Then I moved back to the UK. Wow, what an interesting start. You certainly got around, didn't you? Yeah. My goodness. What was the impetus? What was the catalyst that made you want to go from having worked with some of the biggest name brands to creating your own business? In some ways, it wasn't voluntary because of my lifestyle and the way I was going you know, around the world with my husband, who was in a senior position at his corporate job. I wasn't satisfied in doing just the social life or the social aspects of those countries. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to do more. I'm a naturally ambitious person. So I thought, what can I do to fit around my life? Before completing the master's degree, I don't think I was able to visualize the ability to strategize and build brands and create things for other companies. I was already very talented in that area and um, very interested in human behavior and human purchase behavior and had the creativity. But I think the strategic aspect of it and the vision and on a business level didn't really have until I completed my master's. And I know that education may not be for everybody sometimes times experiences. But for me, that was a very serious turning point when I completed my master's with a merit and um, and just went through the slog of doing work after work after work on different companies and businesses and reading different case studies. It was just an immensely, immensely satisfying experience and just challenged every aspect of your skill in that realm, in my experience. 
there was some challenges, but I think the master's degree, because of the exposure to different businesses and case studies, just gave me a huge edge that I hadn't had until that point. What I'm finding interesting with your story is that you actually had gone out, you had real world experience, and then you went back to school, back to get your master's. And then that put you on the path of saying, now I have all the skills. I have the real world skills. Now I also have learned something on the strategy side to now go ahead and, and make my own way. So do you think there is advantage to that approach rather than going to university straight into your degree and then straight into a master's degree without the real world experience? Yeah, I definitely believe the fact that I already had on the ground experience. It helped me understand what I was reading and what I was writing. And it gave me perspective sometimes on failure of companies or how people are treated at work or projects that failed or projects that succeeded. It was it resonated when you were reading it at uni and you've had that experience on the ground. You're like, oh, yes, I see, because this happened in my job at this place. So I think some people can go and do the master's straight after. But for me, I believe that the experience was what made the master's so fulfilling and so successful to be given a merit in it. It was, um, I think, the -the on-the-ground experience was imperative to the success of my master's degree, definitely. What interesting insights that is. Thank you. Since you've been in the industry for so long and with so many people involved within marketing, be it digital or on field, what would you say is unique about the services that you offer? Yeah, so evolution. After I set up the company, I realized that even a master's degree isn't enough. I needed, I, so I went back and did digital diploma with Ireland and um, also helped me understand the scale of the marketing world on a deeper level because the spectrum is so huge. It's very difficult to find somebody who is on the strategy level, who very specifically knows how to run on a professional level, Google ads, Facebook ads, what's um, the intricacies, the ins and outs of LinkedIn ads, etc. Normally, you'll find that people at the top will hire people to do those stuff, but they've never done it themselves. And you'll find marketing managers across industry who have never gone back had done any digital training on a very serious level. You know, it's not one day course kind of thing. You know, it's a six months course to understand why a website features on Google or how to navigate the complexities of the meta business, for example, or the Google ads for business, not the dashboard that people who are not in that industry use, which basically hemorrhages money off you, takes money off you. The targeting is so weak. The return is so low. The difference in my business Although I have people working in different areas for me, I understand the ins and outs of that level as well as the strategy level. I can give direction in a very, very firm way. The person who's doing the website design is not just a person doing the website design. It's a person doing the website design the way I can direct them in order for that website to feature, to have good search engine optimization. The person doing the content, I can direct them saying, this is the outlaying message of the content that needs to go on the website and the client needs to use those words. And this is the glossary and this is the brand. So having that knowledge on a very detailed basis in the digital marketing world is a unique 
aspect development marketing because we're not pigeonholed in only a small aspect. We were able to see the bigger picture also mobilize the digital features that we have and skills. Right. So what I'm hearing you saying is that you're taking a holistic approach. You're not just looking at one aspect. You're bringing all the different aspects of the digital marketing together and able to make sure that they all dovetail and work together. Because of your experience, the ROI the client's going to get is going to be much higher than just going to an easy to use dashboard where you're not really getting all that you can out of spending that money on advertising. Definitely. It's not just that. It's the holistic approach will also include um, non-digital aspects of the business. I have recommended networking events for some clients, for example. I've recommended and I've taken them to <laughs> networking events and I've introduced them to potential clients. There are traditional aspects to sales and marketing because at the end of the day, yes, we are in marketing, but what I want to see is a result for my client. For me, their success means that I've done a good job and I am successful. I cannot just do the marketing and shoot the ads for them and tell them, oh, well, I've done it. That is very unique for us as well. We do, in some ways, call it hand-holding. We're following up all the time to see, have you seen results? Huh, if you haven't, let's tweak this. Maybe this is the problem. So it's very important. We're very result-orientated on the client side. There are still spaces in business for traditional marketing, sponsorships, for example, obviously public relations, newspapers, radio, etc. That still exists. That is still very important. So we look at everything, but we have the talents in digital, which is quite rare at a level where the strategy and the digital can be done together. Very interesting. Of course, that's also our field on the PR side. So the things that you are saying absolutely resonates with me that you have to take. You become a, a solution provider rather than just focusing on one small aspect um, of marketing. With what you do, you are not limited to just one type of client or one type of industry. You are working across a very broad spectrum of industries, I'm sure. What would you say has been one of your most challenging projects so far, if you have one? Every project has its challenges, okay? I think that um, running um, a bespoke program for BMW across the Middle East in 12 countries, with Dubai, Dhabi, Qatar, Kuwait, across the Middle East, creating a bespoke project for a hugely respected brand, I would say was a huge responsibility because you needed to make sure you get this right. These are the kinds of projects when you get in your business that you've built in your life. You can't mess it up. You've got to make sure that everything is done properly. I wouldn't say it was a challenge. I would say it was more a huge responsibility because it sets you up to get greater things in life. And I enjoyed it very, very much, to be honest. I loved working um, BMW. I created a whole program of um, marketing training for their after-sales teams, managers, marketing managers, because normally in the car industry, the focus goes on new car sales and marketing those because it's very glitzy, it's very glamorous, etc. But the after-sales is where the money is made once you purchase the first um, car and why you would go back to purchasing cars. So it's really important to market that area of the business as well. 
that was one of the greatest projects and achievements for Velvet Marketing. Sort of took the company up a notch and um, I enjoyed it very much. As you say, you don't normally think about marketing the back end or the after sales part of a luxury vehicle. You always just think of selling the brand new vehicle. So that certainly would have been an interesting challenge. And also you were doing this across markets, right? This was not just one country. You were doing it across the Middle East. Yes, all the Middle East, so Jordan, Lebanon, Dubai. Dubai has a different dealership than Abu Dhabi, so those were considered two different um, businesses. And then um, Doha, Kuwait, Bahrain. Pakistan went under the Middle East as well, Iraq. Jordan, I don't know, I said that, Palestine. Basically, all the region, the Middle East region, which is headed by in Dubai. Fantastic. Having to cope with so many people across so many different regions from time to time, it would have gotten difficult or challenging. So in difficult times, who would you say has been your emotional pillar through everything? A situation or a person where someone has been supportive of your passions and your goals? Definitely my husband. He's a great um, business person as well. So when you've got that challenge in business, he's very good to bounce ideas off and um, sort of help you keep that motivation going, especially in the early days when setting up and when you're doing so much work and nothing is coming through. Because when you're working for big brands, doors are open all the time. Everybody wants to talk to you. But once you've set up your own business with your own brand name, nobody's heard of, suddenly things aren't so easy they're not so you know the doors aren't that open so you do feel that you're persevering with no veil at some stage and some point so it's very important that you have a very supportive family in order to um, you know to sort of big you up on the days that you're feeling low and um Things aren't working out your way because it does take a long time for business to take off. And the initial years, I mean, I think about a year and a half it was for me before I landed my first big client, which to be fair, isn't that long when we're talking about big clients. So definitely my husband. Excellent. So you supported him in his career, being willing to travel all over the place so that he could uh, build his career. And then he returned the favor and help in supporting you, being there for you. Exactly. And honestly, as you say, when you are starting a business, it is challenging. And having a network, whether that's one person, that's your husband or a family or other people in a similar position, it makes all the difference to have somebody to bounce ideas off, to get an opinion or a second opinion. So none of us are islands, right? So we do need others to help us in these difficult times. Definitely. So you did mention a little bit there about the difficulty of starting a business, the difference between doors just opening because you're part of a big brand versus starting something new and now you have to find ways to open those doors. What is uh, one piece of advice you would give to aspiring entrepreneurs? In in these interviews, everybody always says the same thing, that you should keep going. What are the skills that you need to keep going? I would say for me on a very personal level I run a lot I've been running since I was 12 years old and when I feel bad I go for a run and suddenly I feel much much better and I do that almost daily I mean I run five miles I would say about five times six times a week it just changes your outlook it gives you that vent that you need it's very once you do it um, subconsciously because you're so used to doing it it almost um, makes your brain stop 
from thinking too much. And then that opens, that gives you the headspace for creativity and finding solutions for problems. So I would suggest to everybody to find an activity. It could be art, it could be painting. Some people say the same thing about painting. It could be a type of exercise that you can do by yourself. Nobody else to sort of share it with, just to relax. I think it makes a huge difference. And the other thing is to, if you can meditate, learn to meditate, taking that 15 minutes out for a meditation is um, very relaxing for people who have their head thinking all the time about business, about responsibilities and what they have to do, what they shouldn't do, etc. And I think those two activities just reset the button when you're feeling low and it helps you keep going again. And you have to get to a point where failure is not an option in your head. You mustn't have a defeatist attitude. It's a very easy equation. The harder you try, the more lucky you get. And failure is not a problem in the sense that you not ultimate failure. You will fail, like you will make mistakes and you will go out and you will find what the mistake is, what failure is. What you must do is reel back yourself, make the changes and then go out to market again. But you mustn't feel that every any failure is the end of project success, if you see what I mean. Sure, burn your bridges so you can't go back. Yeah, exactly. You must always believe if you keep going, it will work out. You mustn't toy with the idea that should I give up on my business? Should I look for a job? You'll have moments like that. Don't let those moments become hours and days and weeks because then you have set yourself up for ultimate failure. What you must do is you must recognize that you're just having a weak moment. Do something else. I mean, like stop working, go see friends go for a run, do something totally else. And remember, tomorrow is another day. That's something I remember all the time when things are bad. I'm going to sleep today, tomorrow is another day. I love that. Yeah, every time you get hammered about anything and you're upset or whatever, just think tomorrow is another day. And it really is another day the next day. And you do feel different. And if you can go for a run or exercise first thing in the morning, it really becomes a totally different day. So you mustn't drag that bad energy defeat from one moment to the next moment and the next day and the next week. You must let it stop. That's excellent advice. When we are under pressure, when we are stressed, it's very difficult to see a way out. It's difficult to be creative. It's difficult to solve problems. So your suggestion is get away from it, no matter what it is, if it's a run, if it's art, if it's seeing a movie, give your brain that break, get the pressure off you, and then you come back and you can maybe discover a new angle, see things in a different way. And maybe the solution was there, but because you were under pressure, you weren't matching up the dots or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I think that's uh, very uh, valuable advice. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And it's been really interesting. You've had a fantastic journey so far. Now we've come to the segment of our show where we will each ask you some rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite color? Blue. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Dog. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Oh, yes. When do you feel most productive? Morning. What is one thing that you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Except I know you go for your run. Is there anything else that you do on a daily basis? Running, it would be because it does take 45 to 50 minutes. Um, That's your you time. That's my time. I mean, I go off and on with that. I try to meditate for 15 minutes. 
Oh, excellent. That's also a way to clear up your mind and get your mind refreshed. Excellent. Thank you for playing along. That was easy enough. Before we wrap up, we'd like to do our green pool moment. What was your green pool moment? The action or event that was the turning point for you or your career? So when I went for my um, graduation and, um, you know, I was awarded the merit and the head of the university said, well done. You know, she looked me in the eye, she said, well done. I felt very inspired. I really felt like I could really do something with my life that was going to bring me happiness. And that was a really big moment for me. I felt that I could, the world's my oyster, let's put it that way. Taking the leap, going for your master's, making that decision, turned everything around to where you were on top of the world at the end, once you finished that master's degree. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story with us today. I think the learning for me is also, don't think, well, I've now entered the workforce, I can't go back and study. You know, sometimes we should just do that. Just uh, if the opportunity arrives, don't waste our time. Don't waste your time. When the opportunity is there, go back, go study, and you don't know where that's going to take you in the future, what doors that's going to open for you. So I really enjoyed that aspect of your story, that you did that later after your experiences already. Two children. I had two children then as well. Oh, wow. So you were raising children while you were doing your master's degree. Yeah. Fantastic. What an excellent example. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm so sure a lot of entrepreneurs are going to be inspired by you and your story. Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you or your social media? I'll be on LinkedIn and it's um, velvetmarketing.co.uk. Or LinkedIn, it's my full name, Samar, S-A-M-A-R, Samar, and then Amar, A-M-M-A-R. It's on LinkedIn, and I am the Managing Director of Velvet Marketing, which can be, you know, accessed on the internet, velvetmarketing.co.uk. Thank you so much. And thank you again so much, Sam, for joining us today. We will definitely be following your story, and we wish you and Velvet Marketing all the very best. Brilliant. Thank you so much. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.